Welcome back to the Key in the Late podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake Hookie coming live from Lakeview East, Chicago, Illinois, in the International Recording Studios, also known as the Key in the Lake podcast studios. Official change of name. Am I alone? Not no. alone. Am I with Wilson? Not with Wilson. No. Am I with Chris Blantner, the new co-host of the Keen Light Podcast? No. But I am with his predecessor, Callum J. O'Donnell. <laughs> Stop calling me the predecessor. God damn. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm yeah, back. The, it's good to be back. The Scotsman is back from a, a time of gallivanting across the Caribbean. Central America. Oh, Central America. Yeah. Where were you? Costa Rica. Oh, that's right. The rich coast. Costa Rica. Or as they call it in America, Costa Rica. The whale's vagina. <laughs> well, it was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a gallivanting trip because mm. the boys from Scotland were over. The boys. It was the boys, man. The lads. Um, the lads from Scotland were over, and it was the week that you had um, the good old the the dreaded lurky. Mm-hmm. You had the the vid. Yeah, I finally stuck my dirty tongue in that even more absolutely filthy righteous tongue of COVID and said, "Kiss me." And that was, Give me all you got. You got the you got the kiss of life from that, COVID. That California branch COVID. Yes, <laughs> that smokes a lot of weed. COVID. It's apparently, it's worse than the East Coast. I've been told. Yeah, taxes are high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, beautiful though landscape. <laughs> Property that, value skyrocketing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the boys were over that week, and that was chaos because I was working that week as well, mm-hmm. and they were not. They were not. They, they were. They just wanted to party, party, party. Try party. to burn your apartment down. I, I, they, there was, there was some of that. Um, won't go too into that. I did. I was promised. I was sworn to secrecy. Mm. Um, but there was a couple of days that you know I went to bed at two, two thirty, three o'clock. Woke up in the morning, half eight, nine o'clock, mm. and I would heard some curious voice, and I was like, "Oh, the boys must be in the living room. They must be up early. That's, that's mm. pretty impressive." open the door and they're all in the same clothes in the same positions that I'd left them six hours, seven hours earlier. Mm. And I was like, oh, mm. have you guys been to bed? And they hadn't. So when we went to Costa Rica, we actually took it down a notch. Wow. The first couple of nights was big and then uh, we started to just kind of relax a little bit, relaxed a little bit more into it. Got some of that sun, sea and sand. Um, and Costa Rica's incredible. I don't know if anyone listening has ever been highly 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 recommended and the place that we were at is called Tama, Tamarindo mm. but it's affectionately known the as the tambourine man it's affectionately known as Tamagringo ah. because it's like a just loads of Americans that are all there surfing and Brits uh, not many Brits actually met mm. one Scottish guy actually mm. uh, many Italians lots of Italians um, mm. lots of like Australians I feel like Australians are everywhere they are everywhere Those damn Aussies yeah and then loads of Americans. Where, well. Wherever the crown travels, they go as well. The crown, the it, crown. crown goes, we go. And so, yeah, it was really good. But back in town, back in yeah, town, back in town to record another Keen Lake whiskey podcast. Yeah, it's been a while since you and I recorded one. We did one just after parties, late March. We did one. Yep. And then you were away for what seems, and you're going away again tomorrow. Life on the road today, actually. As this podcast comes out. Yes. So Yeah, so if anybody's in Nashville on Thursday and Friday. Oh, very cool. Um, let but, me know. Um, someone might be there. Who knows? Yeah. Um also be driving through Louisville. So Louisville, Kentucky. Hola amigo. Um I'll be there on Derby Day. 
Well, yeah. I'm not going to the Derby, but I'll be driving not. through. Um, I can only if imagine. only we had someone on to do a story about that. Yeah. Oh, is that not happening? I don't think so. Damn it. God damn it. I, I teased it on Instagram Live last night. That would have been... That might be the greatest. That's a top five story. Yeah, so Callum has a friend um, in the industry. We'll leave his name and position, title, employer unmentioned, since he's afraid to come on this podcast and tell us. He's terrified of us. His wonderful Derby Day story, which is a is a, really a tale of heroism, justice, freedom. It is it is far democracy. As, as far as tales go, I feel like it's the most Kentucky tale. Capitalism of all time. at its finest. Um, yeah, but maybe one day we'll get them. Maybe next year. Next year we can count them down. We could all wear suits and straw hats. Did they wear suits and straw hats? Oh yeah, Derby? it's a it's a fashion show, man. The Derby. Um, but no, I think one of the big things about today was that we did actually see Mister Wilson Razor Ramon Torres. Yeah, we had a nice little day out in the market together, visiting some accounts. Got the team back together. Yep. Um, tried some single barrel expressions from Castle and Key. Some rye expressions. Yes. Which, it's the the craze right now is just be sampling out single barrels. And it's going to kind of lead us to today's discussion. Oh, is it? Well. Calm has a plan for today. Do I? I don't have a plan. I just thought no. that it was a good, I think it's a good one to discuss rather than... Um, I was just insulting each other for an hour. Those are always fun. I know. Mm, mm. That's why we're naked, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Callum, or Wilson was supposed to be here, but he had to take care of some stuff last minute. And we got stuck at an account for quite some time as well. So put a little uh, hitch in our day. But we are here to talk about whiskey, I guess, since the last show we didn't talk about whiskey. And that's all we have to say about that. We'll just leave it there. Well, we, we have one in front of us. We do. Which is a nice one. Um, Jefferson's I know that Jefferson's has a bit of a place for you because is that not what you guys got absolutely trashed on the night before your wedding <laughs> um, it was part of it nice definitely uh, it was several contributed. brands yeah contributed <laughs> well we did get, so we got a bottle of just uh, what's Jefferson's baseline bourbon um, I don't know if there's a name for it just Jefferson's yeah we, did get, we had a bottle of that um, a bottle mm-hmm. as in 750 mils yes was well, that, the beginning of the night yeah <laughs> It played a part. So we had, the night before my wedding, we took the wedding party and some of my family from a town we got married in about 45 minutes outside of Indianapolis to a delicious steak dinner in downtown Indianapolis. Very nice of you. So we rented a party bus to drive us down there so we could uh, enjoy the libations and the company of people we loved from all across the country, all in one bus together. So, uh, cousin Pete was there and we got a bottle of Jefferson's and then we started bringing coolers of beer. Everybody, my, my family is uh, a large Italian family that likes to make sure there's plenty of beverages there to keep us all hydrated and enthusiastic throughout the day. <laughs> so we started boarding the bus and the bus driver's like, you get everything? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, he's like, all right, cool. Well, I've never seen so much alcohol brought onto a bus for an hour bus ride, but, uh, congratulations. People showed up trashed. Oh, no, we were just uh, in our cups, but in a very positive state and also maybe more of a uh, a controlled state, if uh, you will. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we socially were lubricated. Socially lubricated, but um, conscientious of where we were and what we were doing, the purpose we went to dinner for, 
we uh, accomplished that mission, but we still had another hour bus ride back to the hotel, so we probably got a little bit deeper into our maybe cups. the reserve, Jefferson's Reserve. Jefferson's maybe. Reserve, yes, that was it. And uh, we killed a bottle of that. Um, a couple of our degenerate friends, females, that is, uh, started buying bottles of wine from the steak, <laughs> from the steakhouse on the, to go. I'm like, because we don't have enough alcohol already. Um, yeah, so To we take got, back? To take How back. did no one pee themselves? I think there's a bathroom on the bus. Oh, mate, clutch. Yeah, I think there was. I don't know. Either uh, that or there was some there were some yeah. suspicious looking bottles at the back of the bus that were full. There were some open windows. Oh. And some, <laughs> and some some flies that were down. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, we had, a, we had a great time. And then we got back and drank more whiskey. And I was doing karate kicks and in a suit. So I'm sure it was a, a blast. But yes, Jefferson was a part of it. I've just, uh, I've always appreciated their bourbon, appreciated their story. Um, the Zellers, is that's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah. They've, uh, I, I heard their story quite a while ago when I was still working for Koval and. Have you uh, met Ch- uh, Chet or Trey? No, I never have. Um, maybe I can hook up with them this weekend in Kentucky. Well, um, <laughs> Trey's going to be in town, uh, first of June. So you oh. can meet him then. Well, that what should you get on the podcast. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that was going to be my next thing. He can come hang in my basement. <laughs> maybe, maybe he can jump on Key in the Lake. We have some founders coming on the podcast here soon. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. I think we should. We have Whiskey Week coming up next week in Chicago. Massive. Yeah, and we should try to May eleventh and twelfth for anyone listening that doesn't know. And thirteenth. And thirteenth and. I don't. Are we tenth. We are supposed to be doing something on the tenth. I don't know if that's. It doesn't sound like that's happening. Have you talked to anybody about that other than me? No. Okay. Um, but there is an event at Delilah's that night. There's a he, he's doing like a single malt event. Um, while trying to get on the tenth. Bo- yeah, he just, like I don't know if it's officially announced yet, but oh, he cool. he he asked me to be a part of it. But he wants barley from each distillery. I'm like, well, that's a little bit hard. Um, uh, we're not going to get that from Australia. I, mean, I could go to six I, days. I could drive 30 miles outside the city and find some barley and say, "Yes, yeah, this is from Australia." <laughs> <laughs> Taste this. <laughs> Tastes two, like down under. Some two row barley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but well, um, no one would know. <laughs> no, but yeah, the you fest- could burn it a little bit or like add some cinnamon to it, and people would be like, "Wow, mm, this tastes so different." Yeah, it's from down under. A bit of vanilla extract. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> just drenched it in there. Throw a little Mountain Dew on there. Who knows? Yeah, fuck it. No Fosters. We'll yeah. throw some Fosters. Fosters, mate. Yeah. Fosters. Yeah. Fosters. Expensive. But yeah, uh, we could definitely, uh, we'll definitely be doing a lot of stuff during Whiskey Week, um, which will be, st- I think festivities technically start on May 10th. Yeah, and I think, uh, so the 11th and the 12th are the big ones. We've got the Binnie's World, or World Whiskey Days or Whiskey of the World. Whiskey's of the World. Whiskey World. Two sessions on Wednesday. Uh-huh. No. One on Tuesday, one on Wednesday. No, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday. I think it's... 11th and 12th. I think it's two, one Wednesday, two Thursday. Right. Yes. Whatever. Also, I have uh, a single barrel launch party at the beer cellar on May 12th if anybody wants to come. Glen Ellen? Glen Ellen. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of beer cellar and parties... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We will be doing... Um, Drum roll. I'm going to put that on pause as I turn off the heat because it's about to get very loud. We'll be right back. And we're back. back Speaking of room. beer cellar, as we were talking about beer cellar, we'll be doing our annual, now I can say annual since we're doing it two years in a row, world <laughs> whiskey virtual slash in-person tasting experience with the world of whiskeys on World Whiskey Day. 21st of May. 21st of May. Five... Six. Six. Six brands. Well, I was going to say brands, reps, or owners. 
but anyway, we're yeah. still we'll store we're still working out that that sixth one. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, we will be having uh, six brands. Um, fifty winners can win a virtual tasting kit, which will feature one one ounce sample of each brand. Um, and then I'm sure there'll be some pins, stickers, and fun things like that also in the virtual kit. Along with winning that virtual kit, you get the Zoom link to watch live as we interview six different guests from each distillery, which could be ambassadors, founders, distillers, blenders, um, whoever it may be. It's still a bit of a mystery of who... uh, For us as well. (laughs) Who will be out there. I think for anyone that's interested in this kind of thing, last year this was probably our best event. Oh, yeah, by far. You know, it was just the people that we had on were absolutely incredible. Um and they were so, so well received. And everybody that we had on as well was so different. You know, everybody had a different take on the whiskey industry and everybody had a different sort of perspective of it all, mm-hmm. which was really interesting, um, especially because we had our very own Jake Cookie. Um, I had to miss a little bit. I take a call. Um, but yes, it'll be going 12 to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time at mm-hmm. the Beer Cellar Glen Ellen. And if you didn't not, you still have time to uh, go to our Instagram page and enter to uh to win one of the virtual tasting kit spots um i think it goes live until may 6th we already have over 560 entries so get in there and tag somebody to get an entry and we'll randomly select 50 winners on sunday may 8th at 7 p.m we'll be announcing those winners but if you don't want a spot you can come live in person and watch at the beer cellar glen ellen if you're in the chicago land area Awesome little uh, liquor store that's mostly beer focused, so they're like great whiskey selection. And then they have a uh, bar to the side tasting room where you can order pints. Um, we'll be tasting out whiskeys for free there. I encourage you to spend money at the bar as you could be sitting there for a few hours watching a whiskey event. So um, help out the staff there, um, Dave, Ian, everybody that works there. Great people, great friends, a part of this industry. Um, and you can buy whiskey that day too. Um, I, all the brands should probably be there that we're featuring. It was a great, it was a great, great day last year. Mm-hmm. Um, stressful. We worked it out. <laughs> but we made it. Yeah. We worked some kinks out. Also, if you don't want a spot, you can um, live stream it on the Glen Ellen Facebook page, Beer Cellar, Glen Ellen Beer Cellar Facebook page. We played like 100 people live streaming it, I think, 50 people, something like yeah. that. Um, maybe it's 100 between the live stream and the Zoom link that yeah. we had going for that, uh, and you can follow along. But if you are a part of the link, um, the cool th- if you're part of the 50 tasting kits, you'll have the ability to ask questions to whoever we're interviewing and to give tasting notes to the whiskey. We're going to be interviewing each brand for about 25 to 30 minutes, um, time slots there. Uh, four different countries or three three or four we'll see uh, at least three continents we'll put it that way mm-hmm. um we're gonna have some american whiskeys in there even though it's world whiskey day um we're gonna make sure to have uh, some of our favorites uh, from across america i spoiled one yesterday we will be having castle and key on i'm not sure who uh wilson has gathered from distillery to talk to us and I'm not sure exactly which skew he'll be sampling out. I believe he's heading towards a rye sample, but um, hopefully a new batch. Be very on brand from today's tasting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're having one psychopath from Wisconsin on. That's uh, the legend to us all. He is legend to the key that we follow in this whole whiskey world, pretty much. 
I, I assure you there's probably an Australian whiskey a part of this. I'm probably, just to hazard a guess, and there's probably a Scotch and probably an Irish in there as well. Hellier's Road from the great Tasmanian state. <laughs> 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 oh, class. Um, yeah, and then we're having some friends on from the podcast too, uh, some new stuff. So there'll be some brands we had on last year, but if we had that brand on, we're going to make sure to do a different skew this year. Mm-hmm. Skew as in a different uh, style of whiskey. So should be a fun time. Um Tune, uh, stay tuned for that. Go to our Instagram page, get Key in the Lake, to enter uh, from our post that has a picture of a World Whiskey Day tumbler. <laughs> I'm not sure to describe that image, but uh, yeah, it's there. If it's- the image mattered, we wouldn't have 560 entries already. I guess that's possible. How long has it been out? Two days? Uh, less than 24 hours. Nice. So there you go. I posted it last night at about 8 o'clock. And here we are. Here we are at 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday. Before we go visit more accounts, if our bosses are listening. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, that's definitely uh, what we're going to be doing on World Whiskey Day. So come and hang out if you can virtually and or in person. And I, I you know what? If you want to book a plane ticket and come out there and hang out with us, please do it. Because yeah. immediately following World Whiskey Day tasting, I'll be heading down to Delilah's from 4 to 8 p.m. in Lincoln Park of Chicago to do a single barrel World Whiskey Day launch. But we, which is similar to what you did last year, pretty much. <laughs> Not the same, but it's very similar. Yeah, the barrel they bought last year on World Whiskey Day has finally arrived. Fun, thank God. And we are launching that barrel on World Whiskey Day one year later, uh, and doing a little single barrel launch party. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, and so if you're around and in the city, and then after that, oh, <laughs> uh, we go to Brando's and sing karaoke. I won't be. I won't be in the city that day. Unfortunately, you will not be. I am attending a wedding in Miami. Not his own. Not my own wedding. Thank God. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Um, I gave a speech at a wedding a couple weeks ago. You did indeed. Were you there? I wasn't there. Uh-huh. I never get invited to the weddings that you attend or are part of. You can go with Brittany to a wedding in June. Mm, what day? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love how. But I was. I was semi-serious there. Fuck it. I'll go. Um, no, no, I'll be in Miami at a wedding, but I will be there in virtual spirit. Yeah, you'll come on initially when we launch, and then also with the guests you've arranged, we'll get them yeah. on initially since one of them might be very far away. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll work that out. I think I think he'll be down. Okay. Because it's um, Saturday, so. Or we'll get Sean Joseph. We could just get Sean Joseph. Yeah. That would that would that wouldn't be bad. We have enough American whiskey on the on on the deck, so talented speaker. Talented speaker, good looking man, talented cook. You know, just has it all. Some guys have it some, all. Some guys do. We're not. Not <laughs> those. We're, we're not, not those, those guys. guys. Well, but anyway, um, yeah, we wanted to talk a little bit today about how whiskey can ever evolve in a barrel that is made from the same mash bill, but when they're put in the different casts. It's amazing how to see where those barrels are aging, if it's maybe next to each other inside of a rack house, uh, different parts of a rack house, two different uh, to warehouses maybe when it comes to barrel aging, or maybe even barrel aging at sea. Oh, let's lead me right in. Right I into think... the Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> the Voyager series. <laughs> the Voy- whatever the hell we called it. Yeah. Was, that, was it not the Voyager series? Uh, something sea like Voyager that. or something? Yeah, Sea... Well, you probably know more than me. Um, I, I think Seafarer. Seafarer, yes, Seafarer. Um, I think it's because I I used to look at it and I was always seeing it there, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't realize is actually the oldest or the longest. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, ninety thousand nautical miles. 
Oh, okay. So the longest distance. But I think the not the longest ocean, age at sea, longest distance traveled. The so the 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 ocean's rye, which Jefferson's just released, was the longest because I think they got trapped on a ship due to COVID. Oh, like at the docks. Yeah. Yeah. So they couldn't actually get it off. It's story like story well, of my life. The last eighteen. Story months. of my life. Um, but I think the biggest the reason that I wanted to talk about this is that. Even though I've been You're working in whiskey shell. for, I'm a corporate shell, but mm. even though I've been working in whiskey for six years now, um, I'm so old. And, you know, obviously, I think more and more over the last couple of years, especially when we went went up to visit Dancing Goat, and then we also went up and saw one of our favorite bourbons that you were drinking on the last podcast, mm. the Joe Henry bourbon, Never heard the J. It. Henry and Sons. And obviously talking about elemental maturation with Starward mm. and how the changes in temperature and, and you know, geographical location of these whiskies changes so much how the whiskey is matured. And then today, um, we were trying three single barrels with Wilson, uh, the Castle and Key ones, and all three of them were the exact same mash bill. Um, the only difference was they were in slightly different areas of the rickhouse. I was just going to ask you, because I missed the beginning of the tasting because I was selling my own single barrel on the phone. <laughs> um. <laughs> See, guys, we're just professionals over here. <laughs> yeah. Not to show off or anything. Yeah, just making a big sale, you know. But I was I was wondering if they were... Uh, we still have one wheat barrel available if anybody wants it. Um, I was wondering if they were in the same warehouse. They were all in the same warehouse, uh, just three different positions. One of the, the two that had the biggest difference. One of them, while it was a, a rye, it was 17% corn. That was the mash bill. I think it was 17, yeah. 63 and 20, he said. Would that be right? Yeah, it makes 100. 17, 63 and 20. And, um, Math adds up. And he, uh, and Wilson said- 20 that, wheat. Yeah. And uh, Wilson said that the, the, the two that had the biggest difference, there was only seven barrels difference between the two in positioning. Mm-hmm. And they just tasted so, so different. And I, yeah. that was what I was thinking, you know, it leads me into this conversation about, you know, the ocean's um, aged at sea uh, varietals from, or the expressions or skews as we've introduced today. And I'm sure we've introduced it plenty of times before, uh, versions of Jefferson's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having a whiskey that's been matured in the Caribbean or whether, wherever it's been matured, that, that, elemental side of it plays such a big part and i think sometimes we underestimate that i agree and i know it's uh there's been times with the industry that that seemed as a kitschy kind of way to barrel age and there was a lot of things happening when the whole craft movement began you know 10 12 years ago about barrel aging whiskey underground barrel aging whiskey to metal music barrel aging whiskey about the positions of the moon you know all these different techniques to say that we have these, something different. Yeah, these oddities when it comes to making whiskey because the separation between the small guys and the big five and then everything else happening in the world was so vast. There's just a huge huge space in between there. So what, um, what Lou Bryson always talked about when it comes to the craft movement is about how you make it super hyper local and specialized in that sense, how you can separate yourselves from the rest of the whiskeys out, that have been out mm. there doing it for decades to hundreds of years. So that's kind of became... One technique and one version of selling whiskey for some of these craft brands was about making it barrel aged in very unusual, unique settings. But Jefferson has kept with this. Um, mm. Initially, do you know why they decided to do this? I think it was, I think it was purely experimental, right? Um, tree and chip. Uh, you know, I've read. Obviously, I'm, 
I'm a l- I struggle a little bit uh, with my new role because you know I spent so long in Scotch mm. and learning about a, a brand gone bye bye. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, I'm actually drinking out of an Aberlour uh, Glencairn glass. Um, but I, you know, I learned so much about Scotch. I studied it, you know, for a long time, five, six years. So I felt like I could talk safely about everything. Right. Whereas now I've still kind of not got that confidence yet with these newer brands. But from what I've read, and I haven't met Trey or Chet yet, but from what I've read, June first, June first, uh, this was a purely experimental mm. um, thing, and it went well. They really, really liked the taste, and I think the biggest thing for them was that they ended up calling these, they ended up call, calling them hot ovens, right, or ovens, and that the barrels, and that because the ship was on a Caribbean voyage, and so the whole time it 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 was between ninety three point two degrees Fahrenheit. And 123 degrees Fahrenheit the mm. whole time. So you think of that heat Jeez. level, heat humidity. Right. It's going to completely change the flavor of the bourbon. And right? lose a lot of whiskey, I'm sure, too. Oh, man. Massive amounts. Massive, massive, massive amounts. So that I think that that's kind of where the interest came from. Mm. Um, and then, you know, they have they also just released the, the Ocean Rye, um, which unfortunately I don't have a sample of today. I've been trying to get a sample, but... That'll be next time. You know, I'm sick of all these fucking excuses from you and Wilson, but I can't get samples of this. Well, we're 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 obviously not as good as you at selling um, whiskey, um, but you know, I will mm-hmm. have a sample hopefully soon, someday, one day. Um, but yeah, it's actually really really tasty. I, I'm so glad that I've spent a lot of time drinking bourbon on this podcast, namely, uh, and in <laughs> Chicago because. A lot of my job now revolves around these products, you know? Yeah. And being able to talk to other different bourbons or different styles and things like that. So it is good. Um, well, and I think it's where, I mean, to kind of get back to how this conversation was sparked with Wilson tasting out those single barrels today at Summer House. Um, it's interesting to see how single barrels aren't just a way of making money for a brand to sell a lot of bottles at one time. Just for anybody who doesn't know, a single barrel is something where you take an individual cask and a, a retailer, a whiskey club, a bar in this case, will buy the single barrel, as in they will bottle all those bottles from that individual cask and nothing else. So you really get the truest example of what whiskey tastes like in one cask of whiskey, one barrel of whiskey. Now, what, other than lining the pockets of the distillery, which is always very nice to sell $10,000 worth of whiskey, in one transaction, is that it also demonstrates what batching of whiskey is and how it's exemplary on an individual cask level. When you can break down an individual barrel, let's say it's 20 different barrels you make, you use to batch with your whiskey, you can see the complexity all the way through when you taste those individual casks. Some sweeter ones, some spicier ones, some higher proof ones, some lower proof ones. And then you can start to develop a consistency through diversity of whiskey. Um, that's one way I love selling our single barrels is showing it in that sense where you can take a single malt whiskey that's all distilled the same way, distilled to make one individual whiskey. That's the ethos of our company is we're making single malt Australian whiskey, basically to produce Nova or then do an LTO system. And everybody, it's kind of like Maker's Mark where everything is made to be making Maker's Mark the original batch and they can change it and evolve if they have to. But when you take it from an individual cast level, you see the speciality of it. You see the consistency of a brand, but you also see the uniqueness of a, of a brand too in that sense. I think as well, you know, when everybody starts off, um, single barrels aren't really on the radar. 
You know, when you're new no. to whiskey, it's not on the radar at all. And I think it's one of these extra special um, additions, if you like, mm-hmm. to the whiskey world that you don't really know exists until you get a part of the club and then everyone's talking about single barrels. You're like, wait, what is this? And all of a sudden, there's this whole new world that's opened up to you. Oh my God, so I can get right. I can get a Castle and Key, I can get a Star Wars, I can get a Maker's Mark or whatever that's completely different from anyone that anyone else has on the planet. Mm-hmm. But it still has that essence of the distillery. And it should always bring you back to that. I think if, I think single barrels fail the distillery if it's not bringing you back to the core product, whatever that core product Agreed. might be. Agreed. Because why you don't want to be you don't want it to be so far out left field. It doesn't have it. It doesn't have any connection. It doesn't have any relation back to that original line of skews or original line of expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's about value add, right? Yeah. Like it's all about. Okay, I'm. Let's take Starward as an example. That's not. You know. <laughs> they have obviously people are interested in the twofold they're interested in, i mean obviously we're interested in the ginger uh the ginger beer cask mm. um the saleras all that sort of thing but all of the single barrels kind of remind you of those mm-hmm. you know and i like that and i think that that's how it's supposed to be um i can't really think off the top of my head of any that I've tried that I thought, oh man, that's completely out of left field. There's a, there, yeah, and, th- and then there are brands that are out there now positioning themselves almost as single barrel brands because they have inferior whiskey when they batch whiskey together, in my opinion. Uh, inferior. The quality, the taste isn't there and consistency. It still has a very young, uh, kind of tannic flavor to it. So uh, there's one, one distillery that I'm thinking of and they do really well in single barrels and you see a proliferation of single barrels out there and, Local retailers buy them up because they're more inexpensive than other rye and bourbon casts, but I don't see the draw to it because it doesn't taste like anything of their original products. And one it's of our friends, separate. Used, yeah, one of our friends used to work for the distillery, and he or she is like, yeah, that's it's just now become a single barrel distillery. I one thing I would say, Aberlour years ago released a mm-hmm. single cask, the twenty three. Uh, no, the sixteen. Oh, it was a sixteen year old single cask here in Chicago back in twenty eighteen. They released it. And it was really smoky, mm. Mm. and interesting. It, it not I say really smoky, but for Aberlour, yeah. it was really, yeah, yeah, really yeah. smoky, and it had a lot of peat to it. I remember, I remember like tasting people out on it and tasting it myself, and being like, "God damn, that doesn't really." Was it good? Yeah, just it, different though. Very different, yeah. and not. And you know what? Like people would try it, and the people that liked it generally wouldn't be. They would be enamored by Aberlour, but it's not what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they. It was a whiskey that. Someone like a good friend, Igor, would love, you know, <laughs> say hello to my pitied friend. Say hello to my pity friend. Um, he 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 would be all about it, but the tumbler, the the what? Nothing. Um, sorry, I got lost. There. Keep going. Um, so he would be all about it, but like the typical sort of whiskey lover that isn't interested in peated whiskeys, wouldn't have liked it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess there's a chance of like catching some pita drinkers that aren't Avalauer fans in there. Yeah. But are you ever going to get those drinkers to try that whiskey without the influence of you being at a bar, being at a retail shop, tasting it out? Probably not. No. No. Probably so not. it's really like, who does this serve? It's uh, absolute. It's uh, obsolete. Sorry. Right. Uh, right. Anyway. And maybe it's like one of those whiskeys that'd be good at the, at the, uh, the gift shop to walk out on where people are like, if you want something very different of Avalauer, I assume you're an Avalauer fan. If you're at the distillery, that could be a way of selling it. Yeah, I mean, the distillery's under construction at the moment, but it's definitely one that I think that, yeah, like... And it was for Chicago, like, 
exclusively. Oh, was it the 15 year? No, it was the 16. Okay. It was the one, it was the exclusive, the, the single cast exclusive that we did the year before we did the 15. Ah, okay. And um, I think there's a couple of bottles left in the on-premise, actually. Uh, there was one at really? Raised, the rooftop really? bar, the Renaissance. Um, so we could maybe pop in and see if we could spend some money and, and drink it. Nice. Let's do it. It was very, very tasty. And I remember having it in a couple of cocktails and stuff like that. The 15 years what brought us together. That is. That's it. I forgot my power cord. <laughs> I was looking. I saw a photo of that the other day, and I was oh, like, yeah. "Man, like, you're, that's actually the photo of you that pops up when you call me." Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, we got to change day. that. We got to change that. But no, I think it's very interesting how a lot of the distilleries that we seem to fall in love with, especially when I look at the the dancing goats of the world, mm-hmm. Joe Henry's, and obviously Starward, and Jefferson's. You know, there's they all have. And I'd use this term because I've heard you use it before, but that elemental maturation where mm. the change in temperature, the change in weather has a massive effect on the barrels, um, which is weird for me. Again, you know, different different for me coming into the bourbon world and the rye world because coming from Scotch, mm. you know, the temperature variation in these warehouses in Scotland is minuscule. Yeah. You know, you're talking maybe... 10 15 20 degrees celsius over the year mm-hmm. um but like in in wisconsin for example it can be absolutely massive in australia it can be absolutely massive allegedly that's what they say that's what, that's they tell what, that's us. what i'm told you know i've always only there in the fall so i can't really <laughs> say that jump from 72 degrees to 35 degrees was that drastic how long ago was it that we were up in wisconsin over a year march 2021 yeah it was uh like yeah middle of march because it's the end of the tournament gotta go back i was supposed to go but then there was a covid scare and Bo said don't don't bring your diabetes up here mm. Mm. so that was back in august i had a trip planned i was gonna sleep in the where in the in the rack house oh man camp out camp out just you <clears throat> hundreds of barrels of whiskey i was just gonna steal all of them that night drink yourself dry Yes. Um, Dump but, them all out. <laughs> but, and, and that was, and it was just, it's funny how whiskey does that. You know? It is. No, it, it's, it, it's baffling almost sometimes because you could see when we were tasting out this uh, buyer this afternoon with Wilson's whiskey. His surprise. Yeah. 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 And we, we were, we all, I think we, we settled on two whiskeys. We all settled on two, but we all had differing opinions about which one we would pick. I don't even know which one he actually did pick. <laughs> I think he went for number three. Two. Oh, I thought it was three. Oh, I thought he went for two. You like two the best, right? I like two. Yeah, I liked, it, was, it was interesting spiciness. It reminded me of a lot of different whiskeys. Like, yeah. Like I even said to you, like it has like almost a Highland spice to it. That was exactly what I'd said to them. I was like, there's a spice to this and there's like a roundiness that I really like. Mm-hmm. Whereas the number three was the one that that tasted the most like a bourbon it had a bourbon feel like yeah if you put that in front of someone on a rock they might be like oh that's oh, yeah especially because it bring out that creaminess towards the back end for sure yeah. with the rock no it, it was interesting that number two sample had um the nose of an mgp whiskey of an mgp rye it just mm-hmm. had like that that uh minty fruity zestiness to it that you get a lot from an mgp rye not saying that it's mgp it's castle and key Oh, it rhymes. Um, oh my God, unprofessional. It's time for my cat to take her pill. Oh Jesus, That's what that reminder was from. 
but yeah, it, um, but yeah, the complexity between the two were so different, and we were, we didn't know the proof points, which I thought Wilson was hiding from us and was going to reveal to us, but he just didn't know. He didn't know, um, which is strange because I, I mean I, I think I would like to know as a buyer what, what I am purchasing um, from that standpoint. Obviously, you'll know when the bottle comes because it's illegal to not have it on there. But I would start to try to get more cocktail ideas based around the proof point because the second one, number two, tasted like it was the highest proof. But I, like we all said, we wouldn't be surprised. Number three actually was a higher proof, even though it was more of a mellow, relaxing had a, drink. Had more of that sweetness on the third one mm-hmm. versus the middle. Yeah, but I, I think it's you it's know the, the, the magic of barrels. That, yeah, the reason the reason that I just find it so surprising is that four of us, you know, the buyer at this uh, restaurant slash bar is obviously a big whiskey guy, mm-hmm. knows his way around all kind of spirits, and the three of us are all people that are tasting whiskey. Me less so now, but you two are on a daily basis. I'm, you know, two, three times a week, different whiskeys. God, it felt good taking 11 days off, though. <laughs> I bet it did. It'll ease the liver. Um, and it was just amazing that the three of us were all just like, whoa, hold on a second. Like, this is not, this was not what I expected. Today. Right, right. No, it was interesting. I, and I love tasting single barrels out that way. It's always, and I, I also appreciate, um, I don't know what he just says. I don't say his name. It's Edgar because he's a nice guy. I'm sure he wouldn't mind that he gave Wilson the time and the space to sample things out, even though you could tell he's very busy and had a lot going on. And uh, the night service was about to start in an hour. But there's so many times we go to single barrel tastings and it's so rushed and you don't even know. Like sometimes you don't even know. Like a, a rep brings you in, and says we're gonna taste out some single barrels. I'm like, oh, cool. Do they have Nova or Twofold on the back bar? Our um, Star Wars core whiskeys and they're like yes or no and no you're kind of like why are we tasting single barrels out <laughs> very strange but it, it, it does happen and then you're like do i need to tell them everything about star Wars before we even get into these single barrels because like, do they know what we do what our process is what uh what makes us different than other people because there truly is a uniqueness to what we do as a distillery and then go into single barrels and talk about how that um breaking down of a barrel and through that diversity, you find those consistency of flavors. Yeah. And here we are now trying four or five, six different whiskeys to show what, what the individual <coughs> uniqueness is to each barrel. <laughs> so and, it's, it, I appreciate what Edgar was doing, like giving Wilson that time and space to actually go through it and then explore those discoveries of those individual casts. Yeah, and it also gives you an appreciation. So for, when I walked over and they were just starting to taste, or mm-hmm. we like Wilson was just kind of laying everything out, and we could get a second to kind of start to look at it. And it also gives you an appreciation for the artwork of it. Like, you know, like yeah. every single, you're, you're realizing that every single one of these barrels has had the same care, the same time put into it. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it was just nice. It was a nice, it was a nice little end to my, to the sales part of my day because it had been a long time since that I'd had a, a nice surprise like that in whiskey. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And I think just one of those things that you don't really get you don't really get with a mezcal. You don't really get with a tequila. They don't really do the. You don't really. You never get have it. with Abelard, really, either. You know. Well, no, you and you don't. You don't. The scotch in general. You don't really get the opportunity with scotch to do the single barrel side of things. You know, there are some obviously that'll do it. You were talking about how you just tasted a really beautiful Kilhoman, um, single barrel, um, which is great, but, um, I think that's one of the beauties about American whiskey, right? You you do get those opportunities, and and you. Like today, you have that lovely surprise that, that where it's like, oh fuck! Like I, I remember why I love this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, there is a, there is always that romantic ideal um, that comes along with whiskey, and I think it goes with this product with Castle and Key. It's, uh, it's very strange and almost surreal for me to think about 
six, seven years ago when I first started following their story through the documentary Neat, and you're seeing this brand basically be built in front of your eyes and this and you're like wow like i don't know what this is going to taste like no one does they didn't know what it's going to taste like they must be so happy where they've come to yeah and there's all this historic history built around it which we've documented very well here on the podcast with uh wilson's stories of uh of working for the brand but to be able to like sit back and now yeah like six years later or however long it's been um, sit at a bar and start tasting their single barrels, not just their core whiskey, but doing it with the buyer, doing it with the rep, who's one of our best friends. Um, it's 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 a pretty uh, it's pretty touching to put it that way. Um, yeah. It's it shows you like the best of what whiskey can be, and like what this community can be when you get to try new things and have an open mind to people that want uh, want the, the, like these really great tasting spirits, even if they're starting up, even if they're young. You know, four years for a rise isn't that young, but it's a new distillery and they're willing to take a chance on it. Um, right in the middle of Lincoln Park, Chicago. And then it's funny because even then when we come, we came back to your place and before we came down the stairs, the dog attacked the, you. Sorry? The dog attacked you. The dog dig attack. The dog dig did attack me. Husky attack. Um, She's officially not a producer yet. <laughs> not yet. She, we, we're still working on that. Mm. She is more reluctant than the original producer to come on. Yes. But we will get them on one day. One day. Um, but yeah, but then we tried the I think it was a single barrel, six-year-old, hundred percent wheat. Yeah, um, which was really interesting as well. Yeah, and just another one that you think like, oh my god, like this <laughs> is completely different taste. It had that right. banana end, and I said to you, I was like, it kind of has a beer flavor to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Obviously, a lot of that comes from the the grain used, like the wheat being used is going to help with that. Yes and no, but I think a lot of it, I mean, yeah, and it comes from the, the way we just we distill our whiskey too, from everything that goes on before it hits the barrel. But it was also in an American STR cast for nearly six years too. Yeah, so all of that's going to change <laughs> it up, right? Yeah, like super cool. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I think there's always this argument about between usually you hear 50 to 75% of the flavor comes from the barrel, but the precision and care that goes into building whiskey forever hits the barrel is a big factor in the flavor too. Yeah, I think I would say I'd say 70% is the distillation and maturation part. Mm-hmm. And then 30% is whatever, like what goes on before the distillation. Right. You know, the grains, and then like, you know, the mash. Water. Bag, the, yeah, the make water, sure it's healthy water. Yeah. You know. Yeah, water shouldn't play, water technically shouldn't play a factor at all. It should just be clean water. But if you have dirty water, yeah. The other thing as well is it depends on the minerality, right, of right. the water as well. You know, is it heavier? Is it softer? What's the calcium levels? Yeah. Yeah. Everything that, that goes stuff. into it. There's, there's a lot. And is there, it kind of shows, there is no uniformity in whiskey, even though if you might taste a lot of the profiles and people say like, oh, every bourbon tastes the same. What, why is there... Who would say that? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Who would dare to say that? But we question why there's so much... Um, why there isn't a lot of space on the shelf right now because it's very congested with whiskeys from all mm. over the world. We have thousands of distilleries just here in America. But it shows that there can be... I think it demonstrates that there's a place for everybody and there's uniqueness within it. The other night I was at Franklin Room and we were... Uh, I purchased my own bottle of whiskey, so now I have my own cabinet there. Nice. Maybe when it comes... What'd you buy? Twofold. <laughs> <laughs> Way to keep it standard. Yeah, keep that business expense uh, down because you can just free pour it yourself. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we were so we were uh, tasting with Luis, who is one of the bartenders there. And he's like, hey, do you want to try uh, some other wheat whiskeys after uh, dinner? So we started tasting some old elk wheat barrels and I can't remember what else we were tasting, but a couple different old elks. Um, I think, the, and then 
just sampling these different wheat whiskeys that were, you know, ours is a hundred or ours is 60% wheat. There's, I think 93% wheat. And then maybe we, I can't remember if we're tasting journeyman. If I was drinking that by myself the other night, their wheat whiskey, I think I was cause I see it. Yeah, right I was there. Say, I saw it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so we're drinking something else with the wheat inside of it, but to see the complexities, I mean, we were going all over the board of like 80 proof, 110, hundred proof whiskey. And, recognizing all the differences inside of there and what the mash bowls can do to it, what the barrels can do to it. Obviously ours can get more of a sweetness to it. Um, the wheat from, uh, old elk had much more of a spicier intake, mm-hmm. um, reminded me more of a, of a bourbon in the sense of the, what they were doing with their barrels. But yeah, it's, it's, there's space and there's room for everybody out there. I think. No, and it, it's funny because when you first start the business, you just think that it's oversaturated. You're like, Oh my God, there's just brands everywhere. But once you really take a dive in, you realize that everybody kind of has a spot. Everybody kind of has a niche. And, yeah. you know, if it, it, like, take Kill Homan, for example, yeah. right? Like, when you first start, you're thinking, oh, what's the difference between that and uh, Talisker, for mm-hmm. example? But then you think, oh, well, actually, Talisker's on the Isle of Skye and it's going to have a lot more of that sort of saltier, briny flavor to it. Whereas Kill Homan's going to have that deep smoking. And it's like, oh my God, well, actually, that works across the whole the whole board. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool, pretty cool. And I think that, again, it's testament to how hard the people behind these whiskeys are working. You know, like Castle, like Castle and Cleese is another great example. The, you, I mean, I think you were saying that you saw them six years ago on that on that documentary. Mm-hmm. And look at us now, like tasting four-year-old rise out in, in a really, really good spot at Summerhouse Santa Monica in, yeah. in Chicago on Halstead, right? right? So it's pretty cool, man. It is, and it is. And it's awesome to see how... These distilleries are, I think we've said this a lot in the podcast, but growing up, they're now becoming, they're having their place in the market um, and really having a say of what whiskey drinkers are drinking. We, I was, it was interesting. I was talking to our good friend, Mikey Pinstripes, who we've never met. <laughs> um, and we, talk, we were chatting yeah. back and forth about how on Instagram, like we're the 1% of the 1% of whiskey drinkers. Oh yeah. Like we're the ones that are chasing after all these brands. The ones chasing after all these single barrels, obviously chasing down allocations. And that's the 1%, maybe, of the whiskey industry drinkers. Less, like, maybe. Yeah, probably less. And then there were the 1% on social media of that whiskey community talking about this about this stuff. Yeah. We're such a small amount, but I think we're kind of a boisterous amount of people as well. And yeah. we have that effect to... Uh, those people have, a, have an effect of change in this industry. They aren't, yeah. they aren't just customers they're customers with a great palate customers with really good ideas and customers that can guide these distilleries in a different direction you know um money speaks what they're buying what they're saying about the products if they're sitting on the shelves at the end of the day i like I'm, i don't know sagamore's platform at all but they do a lot of experimental stuff with the, what there's um with their distiller series and their brewery series and all that stuff they're not going to keep putting out things that aren't working yeah, <laughs> like they're gonna keep changing and take, keep evolving. Well, I just saw Chavis Regal the other day. They they're doing a tequila finished thirteen year old. Right. You know, and it's just it's just crazy, man. Like you know, ten twenty years ago, no one would have believed that we would have got this far. And now we have Mezcal finished Malort. I know, Jesus. I hey, look good. Shout out to Jepsons, man. Good dudes. Good. We need to. You need to come there with me. We need to step in our podcast. We and- got it. Round two. Round two, baby, get into more of those explorative, explorative series. I'm not exploratory? sure. Exploratory? 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 I don't know. Anyway, I don't Investigative. know. Investigative. Uh, before we wrap up, NBA playoffs, who you liking? Um, the Suns looked really no good last night. No one cares. Okay. 
Liverpool. Although, Liverpool. Liverpool. People yeah. do care. Yeah, we can, we can talk about that for a second. We Three have... goals in 12 minutes today. Mm. Just ended the game. Easy. All the I think I think it's going to be an all-England final again. Mm. Um, mm. And I hope it's in Paris, obviously, this year. Hopefully their blue side wins again. Mm. No. Um, a nice good old-fashioned Kyle Walker sex party. It's... <laughs> Especially in Paris, that could be interesting. Ooh, Paris. Uh, Paris. Um, but it's. Uh, I was working on my French there, day. It was gonna. It's gonna be an interesting, an interesting route because Paris is not far from England at all. It's not far from London. It's a little bit further from Liverpool. Um. So <laughs> one more train. If those, if that group of people can get down there. Is there a direct train from Liverpool to Paris? Don't know from Liverpool probably stops in London, but there's definitely a direct from I, London to Paris. Oh, I know. But my buddy, I've, ma- I've made love on that train. My, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> my my buddy, uh, my buddy just booked his tickets today to get on the ferry. Oh, so he's driving down, I think, to Dover, uh, and then they take the ferry over to Calais, and then they drive from Calais to Paris. Paris, amazing. Well. I just hope we stave off relegation. Everton. Daggers. Everywhere. Flying at us. Clutching at straws at the bottom of the paddle. Oh, my God. Hurts. But no, I, I look Hurts. To, to round out for anyone that has made it this far. Hmm. Um, it's not that long. Is it not? 48 minutes. I mean, <laughs> it's still pretty long. Of rambling. Um, but I think it's amazing, you know, and I think if anyone's sitting at home, like, have a you think about your whiskey journey and think about how far you've come because... We've done, you know, countless tastings, and I couldn't believe the difference in these two whiskeys today, and it was just kind of spurred me on to this this line of thought. But yeah, which is great. It lead into um, well, on World Whiskey Day, World Whiskey Day, however, you're tasting all these whiskeys from across the world, and you'll see the difference between them. See the real difference. We're, we're gonna yeah. see. We're gonna see um, with one of the Irish brands, and then with Star Wars, the comparison. The distillation is very different. Not not incredibly different, but there is wine influence on both of them. But the differentiation between where they're being barrel aged at, one hundred percent the furthest apart you could ever be when it comes to that. Yep. And we'll taste the differences between them. We're gonna have an American single malt, we're gonna have American rye, we're gonna have uh some other stuff too. I'm not sure the D, the D, the dancing goat boys are sending us for all that um single glorious malt, day. Probably. Yeah, yeah. So be a really good time to try the difference between those. And tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, May 4th, may the 4th be with you. We, I will be doing a single barrel, Star Wars single barrel tasting with nice. 25 lucky winners, um, sampling out various single barrels we sold across the U.S. And that way, we can really see how a whiskey that's made 100%, well, there might be one wheat cask in there, minus the wheat cask, um, how we can have be making single malt in Australia, barrel aging it entirely in red wine cast, being barrel aged in the same facility, and the dramatic differences between them all. So that'll be really fun. And are you using that graphic? Um, uh, might have come with me to to uh, Tennessee to be in the background of my hotel room. Yes, good, good. Yes, good. yes. May the force. for anyone for everyone unsure, we're pointing at a very very good graphic of Jake's face superimposed on a Joey Two Spike. Shout out to you for making that, my man. Joey T. Yeah, I made that one as well. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. So, yeah, uh, single barrel talk, um, individual casts, all that good stuff that goes into making whiskey. It's one of the most important parts, if not the most important part, when it comes to uh, creating your divine spirits of the gods. This was Calm Doll. Mm. 
Thanks for listening. Yeah, hopefully we'll bring you a lot of podcasts next week during Whiskey Week Chicago. That's what we're planning for. If you're in town, DM us. Slide in my DMs, baby. Let's get them. Ciao.